Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Well, (laughs) welcome to Let's Get Writing, Season 4. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. It's always a pleasure to be here. We've moved to Fridays this season, so now Friday is my favorite day of the week. And Let's Get Writing is available through my Facebook page, mostly live. And all the shows are hosted permanently on my YouTube channel at Katherine Taylor TV. And they're also available as podcasts. If you prefer your content on the go, you can do that as well on Podbean or any of the popular podcast channels. So be sure to subscribe and never miss another issue of your favorite authors. Now, my guest today has had a fascination with writing since her high school days. And in 2012, she became serious about that, which led to her memoir, No Turning Back, Surviving the Lenahan Family Tragedy. And that was published in 2014. But since then, she's published several historical fiction novels, Being Mary Rowe in 2018, The Promise in 2019, The Liars in 2020, and in June of 2021, those three novels were issued the silver medal for best series fiction by the independent publisher Book Awards. That's a mouthful, but a great accomplishment for my guest. And now we welcome her back to talk about her most recent book, The Stolen Ones. I happen to have a copy here. And um, her name is, if you haven't guessed it, which I kind of like to to play around with that idea, but her name is Ida Lenahan Young. And I'm going to bring her up in the screen and uh, welcome her. Hi, Ida. How are you? Hi, Catherine. Thank you very much for having me here. Oh, it's always a pleasure. And we did this back in November, I think it was, of 2020. And um, and here we are again, and there's been lots happening. You continue to be busy. You continue to write. So what is happening? You have this new book out. I'm just going to show it in the stream. Tell us a little bit about this project. So The Stolen Ones is the last, I guess, of the series, a kind of book ended the series with uh, Mary and Peter's story because I had always kind of felt it was a little something missing from the series because Mary and Peter didn't get to have any adventures. So I wrote the stolen ones so that Peter could have an adventure with Mary, but it was mostly his story. Right. And I just, I, I just finished the book and the thing that kind of stayed with me or I thought about is bringing your characters forward from other books. I mean, authors often think of doing that because they grow a great, bond attachment to their characters, but they don't always do it, but you do. So why is that so important to you? 
Um, I think it was like a reader thing um, because the readers uh, were all like, I get messages saying, oh my, I felt like Mary was my aunt or my great aunt or my grandmother. And, and people just wanted, they were wanted to know more. They asked for more. And I left room. I didn't realize that I left room uh, for a series. And, and so when I did Daniel's uh, and Eric's story and the promise, then I still had like a little bit of room and then I still realized that I didn't have uh, Peter and Mary's story. So, so off you went and you off did. I went. <laughs> now, when you mention you know, feedback from readers and so on, are you quite engaged with your reading audience? Yes. As a matter of fact, I remember one time somebody had read the promise and they were like, Oh my God, what happened at that ending? I don't think I'm going to read them anymore. So, so I said, I wrote down, I said, Oh, don't despair. Like, all might not be what it seems. And she was like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that you actually answer people. <laughs> so I get messages and I try to respond as much as possible. So it's not like an overwhelming presence. And, and I like to be engaged. Well, you're active, fairly active on your social media. You have quite a few um, platforms, I think. What are, like, where will people find you if they're looking for you? If they want to really find me is on Facebook. I do have an Instagram account, but I'm kind of Instagram dummy. Like, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Uh, <laughs> and Twitter, I, I'm not, like, I do some posts, but I'm not really there yet either. Um, but, you know, I, I try my best. Well, you know, in actual fact, people talk about the social media and the importance of it to writers or really to any profession. And they often say, pick the one that you like the best and go with that, because it's hard to be across all of them and be good on all of them. They, they require different things. They look for different things, different audiences. So maybe Facebook is where you feel most, uh, most happy. And it seems like it is. And, and people that read, read generally are like my age or higher, these type of books. So I think they're, you know, mostly on Facebook. I don't know. I'm, I, that's where I, I, I'm probably saying that and I shouldn't, but that's um, what I think. <laughs> no, I think you are right. I think if you look at the demographics of the different social media, you will find more of our age group and more of the, the reading age group on Facebook. And if you want to hit the younger ones, you've got to go more go to Instagram or TikTok or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to admit, I do really enjoy Instagram, but I keep track of my kids that way too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> if I want to know what they're doing, I go on Instagram and generally I can, I can find out what they're up to <laughs> so much for the phone. Um, so again, getting back to your, your books, the most recent one, I, I noticed, well, all of the books, you tend to set them in Newfoundland. I haven't seen anything outside the province of Newfoundland. Why, why is that? Are we going to continue that trend? I am. I write what I know. So not, not that I know it really well, but I know Newfoundland. I know where John's Pond is and I know North Harbor and I, so I set the books there for this time. And, and it was kind of as a tribute to my father, too. Like, he was born and reared in, in John's Pond, and some of our family started off there. So it was kind of a tribute more than anything else. But I, I like Newfoundland. We have lots of history. We have lots of stories. And why not stay here? 
Well, you're not alone in that. There's so many authors from this province who set their book and their books here. And in fact, and I even spoke with one last week who is not from here, but who sets books here. And uh, that person is going to be a guest on an upcoming show, which I thought was very interesting. So you're not the only one intrigued with our province. And when you think of it, the history of our province and how it evolved and, um, you know, how isolated we were at times and, and how difficult uh, it was without some of the things that larger centers had. And yet people persevered and they survived. And you see that in, in your book, the characters what they come up against just by geography is quite often a part of your story. And, and I think, like, I think I try to remain true to history. For me, that's important. And, and I think of my, like, my grandmother's time and my great-grandparents, uh, you know, and how, how they would have been, uh, you know, so resilient, like you said. And, and the things, even today, like if, a, say, a teenager read my book today and they were like, well, you know, why did they have to bring in wood? Or, which is kind of not really here because if, if kids go to the cabin and stuff, they're doing that. But that was the only way to, to survive, really, one time was to walk everywhere and you had no phone. You didn't send up smoke signals because there were too many hills and trees. So mostly everything was walking mm. or going by boat. Yeah, true enough. And we tend to, you know, we tend to forget that. But even just driving across our province today <laughs> yes. on the TCH, it's very unpopulated. You see nothing. You drive for kilometers and all you see are more cars in the highway and not that Don't many. forget your gas because it's important. <laughs> Stop for gas where there's a gas station. Oh, that's true. I had that experience last week <laughs> where we were driving from St. John's and someone who shall remain nameless <laughs> did not take my suggestion that we stop for <laughs> gas as we left. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. You can admit. <laughs> but you are right. And I think with history, it's not just the history, but you really get into the research, don't you? Do you not spend quite a bit of time in the rooms or whatever resources that you come up on? Yes, I do. But I'm fortunate that I have a friend of mine that likes to research. And that's what she does. Like, she just likes doing it. So she'll find something and she'll send it to me. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. And then I'll I'll do some more looking up and re researching and and like the uh, the Fox Harbor thing was her idea. She took a snapshot of the storyboard and she sent it to me. So I did the research and that's how it ended up in the stolen ones. Hmm. Now, storyboard, you caught my attention there. What is your storyboard? Tell me a bit about it. Well, no, the, well, this storyboard was the one that was in Fox Harbor, right? Like, it, oh. it yeah, so it talked about... Uh, the uh, two boys that went missing in the 1900s because nobody really knew about it. So somebody came across it and created a storyboard. Okay. And I was thinking that perhaps you did a storyboard. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. <laughs> I am not a plotter. I am a, what they call a pencer, I guess. I don't know where my story is going until I start writing it. I, I find that, that I am somewhat that way myself, but when I think about it, I go, is that the easier way or the more challenging way? It's um, probably more challenging, mm -hmm. uh, but to me, it's the way I like to do it. I, I don't know. I feel the most, 
I like to write under pressure and I think I feel the most pressure if I'm not, haven't got a plot it. Well, that would bring about a certain amount of pressure for yes. sure. <laughs> do you Especially have, if you have a deadline. <laughs> with a deadline, do you generally start with an ending in mind or anything like that or just totally wide open space? It's usually wide open space. I have a kind of concept of, you know, maybe three lines of how this thing is going to go. And then by the time I get in there, I'm like, oh, no, that's too easy. Let's just make something a little bit harder. And I'll just throw in a, a murder or, a, you know, a kidnapping or something. Well, I remember from the last show, and anyone, if you would like to see Ida's first interview, you can on my YouTube channel, at Katherine Taylor TV. But uh, you mentioned there, if I haven't lost my train of thought, that, uh, and I have lost my train of thought, but there was something that ab ab about um, adding things in, I'm back. You said you get to play God. Someone told you once that you are the God of your book or goddess and yes. you can do whatever you want. So you hang with that, do you? I do now. After he told me that, I was like, hell yeah, I'm God. <laughs> I can do what I want with my characters. But like, I think the trend is to kill off people that people love and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't go for that. I, I just assume, like, give them a little hard time, but let them have a happy moment at the end. Why not? I know. I think I share that sentiment with you, Ida, because I, I hate to kill off people that I like. <laughs> Takes too long to build them. <laughs> It does take a long time to build character. And, and speaking of that, how do you go about building your characters? What what kind of things do you do to make them come so alive? I, I don't I don't know. People ask me that. They say that they feel really like in the story. They can see things, hear things. But I think that's what I do. Like I become the person. I become Mary. I become Peter. I, you know, what do I see? What do I smell? What do I hear? And then I try to write about it. Yeah, and you do you do that very without well. overdoing. Like, who yes. needs to see a tree, you know, described in five pages? I don't. So, you know, like I I try to keep it within reason, but you know, whatever kind of makes sense for me, that's what I I try to do. Mm, you you're quite down to earth when I talk to you about writing. You make it sound so natural and so well. You know, I'm just going to try this and do this, but you you do you. You really do seem to just make it a part of you. No, that's probably true. I like if I am if I'm worried about something or if I'm stressed about something, I'll sit down and write. Mm -hmm. One time I used to write poems, and now I just sit down and and add on to something or you know write something. Or maybe journal. A lot of a lot of authors. Yeah, I don't journal though. I, I have to say I don't journal. I probably should, but I don't. But I, I like like I have a, you know, I need a couple more pages to this book. So I'm gonna sit down now and I'm just concentrate on that. Then everything else in the world is left behind and you can concentrate on your on what you're doing. And speaking of what you're doing, I was so intrigued to see that your books are all available, your series are available as audiobooks. Yes. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a big move in that direction with authors. Tell me a little bit about how that came about for you. 
Um, it was it was like there was something missing. I wanted, and I wasn't an audio book listener. I had probably I hadn't joined Audible. I had never heard and not listened to a, an audio book. But I felt like there was something missing. So I decided I was going to go the audio book route. And I did some research on how to do it. And I came up with somebody who was willing to to be a, a narrator for me and had all the equipment because like it's it's more than just sitting down reading because there's a lot of of things that like decibels high decibels low and stuff like that that mm -hmm. you know is required so it takes a studio so I had a person that was willing to give it a try and uh, I started and I just did the last one the stolen ones is now on audio well, well, well. And, and uh, Ida, you did produce them here in Newfoundland as well. Yes. So uh, there's a, a guy from Botwood, actually, who did the, uh, the production and the narration, which is not always, uh, you don't always get that. Sometimes you, you get a narrator and then you got to go somewhere else for production. So he did both, which was wonderful. And then my daughter helps me a little bit with it because she's into voicing and stuff like that. And I actually wanted her to do some of these uh, the last audio book, like the present and the past, and mm -hmm. I get him to do the past and her to do the present. But she, she felt too, she didn't feel like she was a, a narrator, so she wouldn't do it. So he did both for me. You know, and it, and it is a very specific thing being able to narrate a book. Yes. And maintain the interest. I've listened to quite a few. And when you're starting to think about audiobooks, you listen more than for the story. You listen for the production or how does it engage you and those type of things. So it's nice to work with somebody who has a handle on that. I did. Did you do any editing or did you strictly just read the book as it was? Read the book as it was. Yeah everything and actually i did so after it was after it went to production and it it was uh quality you know quality was done on it i listened to it with the book in my hand to make sure that the quality matched the book itself so mm. quite a, how much time did that take for you from the beginning to the end of that project for each book roughly um well the last one i mean i didn't i think it was like a month and a half and then mm -hmm. it was out so it depends on who you get and if they have time, if they have other projects. Like, there's a lot of different things. Like, if you want to put a new roof on your house, you can't just say, oh, I'm putting the roof on tomorrow. You have to wait till the roofers are ready. So I had to wait till he was ready and, and he was ready. And I uh, managed to get it done fairly quickly. Absolutely. Well, really great to know that they're available that way for anybody who prefers to listen. And we see more and more of that people when they're driving, especially across this. I, li I listen from from CBS to Batwood all the time to different. And I, I've really come to like them like it passes the time. Mm -hmm. I'm over there and I'm at chapter whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm already here. Yeah, I'm gonna go back because I want to listen to the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is a great way to pass time. Pass the time it, yes. it is. And once you get into it, it's a bit of a transition from actually holding and reading the book to get into an audio book. Um, but, you know, it works well. It's great for go when you're going to sleep at night and you can actually set a time limit on it. Say you want a half an hour instead of a book hitting you in the face when you fall asleep, <laughs> it just takes you right out. Then you have to listen to it all again the next day. <laughs> So I found. <laughs> okay, now you love to be in touch with your audiences. And I, I just want to put up um, some photographs here and uh, 
tell us about this was for your book launch for this particular book, right? The stolen. Yes. Book. Yeah. All right. So, well, we're in COVID times and I said, there's nobody else in the province going to have a book launch in a resettled community. Like, let's just try it. So I put it on Facebook that I was going to do it and put up an event. And then when we we drove down on a Wednesday to make sure the road was okay. And then uh, I posted that the road was okay. <laughs> so I came back and we went down again on Sunday afternoon in August and it was kind of a drizzly morning and, but it was okay. It was okay. Um, and I said to my husband, well, it's just going to be me and you, you're going to have to hold the camera. And then I started seeing trucks coming in and truckloads of people. And there was about 40 people showed up. Like it was a magnificent day. People came down, brought down lunches with them and had a picnic down there. It was amazing. Well, it was really, really nice. There we go. They are enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, and we did have COVID too, right? So yeah. people weren't allowed to kind of co-mingle, but, you know, well, we made the best of it. And it was a really good day. Yeah, and there's your books on the, on the table. Yeah. And, uh, and that it was is too windy to put on a tablecloth. It was just like, hold her down. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is Newfoundland. Right. And you can't hold her down with a bunch of rocks and things yeah. like that, but or you can forego the, the niceties. Is that your husband in the background there? I don't know if my scroll. Yeah, he have his arms folded. Yes. Yeah, that's him. I wanted to. I wanted to get that in there because we have to acknowledge the work of those behind <laughs> us. And when you say your husband, I thought, yeah, you know, my husband shows up too for things like that, <laughs> like working on my trailer. He was there all day bringing coffees and water, and and we have to acknowledge the support of our that's spouses right. and yeah. other people who help make all this possible and. There's some, look like some happy people there. They've got their, yeah, books. it was fun. And I had t-shirts made. So I, I don't know if you can see. Oh, so we yeah. Had, yeah. Well, like in the book where they all had on the blue t-shirts, I made some t-shirts and see people are wearing them down there and right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I donated the uh, proceeds from that to uh, actually to the Qantas because I'm a member of the Qantas and we had a uh, school, uh, drive and so i donated the proceeds to the school drive oh very nice and uh ida when you mentioned the t-shirts and which brought me back to another thought about your book this book really crosses between generations and time time frames you know from the historical to the present you open this book in the middle of covid so there were a lot of things going on i you know Talk a little bit about that, how you brought all that together and why and why those those modern day characters in with your historical ones. Um, well, every time I like to try to do something different. So um, I just I wanted to um, kind of pay tribute to the pandemic. Like 100 years ago, there was a pandemic. So my characters would have gone through it. Um, and now we're having one like nobody knows we didn't know anything about a pandemic except there was a pandemic 100 years ago until it hit now. So in 30 years time, people won't know anything about a pandemic, really. Um, and so I wanted to kind of pay tribute to that. And I couldn't make it real if if we didn't have a pandemic, because it had to be like in today's time frame. And that's what we're going through. So, so like even as the past is real, the present should be real as well. Mm hmm. And when, when it opened, the feeling I had, and of course, we're living through it, and maybe because we're living through it, 
we're becoming accustomed to it now. We're yes, not, yeah. You know, we're, you know how that, that happens. It becomes more familiar as you move through something. But when I was reading the first, uh, the opening chapter of your book, and it was feeling like this almost feels so surreal to read this, not be living it, but to read this perception of, of, of it. And, and it was almost eerie. A little bit. I, I don't know. Has anyone else felt that or said that to you? Is it not, not yet? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but like I, like I said, I like to put myself in the characters. Now I wrote that piece like last year, mm -hmm. so it was like you know we were still tender, kind of in the on the COVID thing, and and it was all you know people dying everywhere and nobody knowing who anybody was, and you know like and it just it kind of struck a chord with me, and I said I wanted to pay tribute somehow like that kind of sounds not humble but i wanted to kind of pay trim uh you know some kind of respect to people mm -hmm. that have gone through that because i mean we're lucky we are really lucky well by virtue of where we live yes yeah. <laughs> and the island we live on with so much space and um and isolation to some degree i mean we are on an island you you get on and off of here by a couple of ways boat yes plane yeah teleport maybe in a future book <laughs> no i uh, i i was trying to save a little time for you to read an excerpt and i think we just have time to fit that in would you like to very quickly preface and uh, give us a little little touch of your book and for everyone who's listening we do offer these author read sections on after our shows and they are available on the youtube channel but we're going to pop one in right here and i'm going to turn it over to ida right now if you'd like to go ahead Okay, so this is a, a dream that Peter had while he was being, he didn't know he was being poisoned, but uh, so this is his dream. His eyes opened, not in fright, but perhaps in anticipation of pending doom. Peter couldn't breathe. He was paralyzed. How did she do it? Surely he would have known. Stop, Peter, think. She wouldn't do this, not Mary. Try to take a breath, concentrate. Close your eyes, breathe, just inhale. It's not that hard. Damn it, why wouldn't his lungs work? His heart was beating. At least he believed it was. Don't panic, force yourself to remember how it's done. Move your hand, wake Mary, move, damn it. From somewhere above the bed, he watched a life seep out of himself. He lay on his back, his eyes opened and vacant, while Mary breathed softly beside him. He couldn't reach her. Then she turned over. Mary, help me. The words went unuttered. They formed in his mind, but didn't escape his lips. Mary leaned on one elbow and looked down at him. A grin formed on her features as her long red hair spilled down around his face. There was a time when he would have lived for that moment. Now he knew. Mary, what have you done? A silent plea, he saw the light of recognition in her eyes, but still his question went unanswered. She nudged his arm, but he couldn't feel it. He was moving farther away. She pushed him harder. He was gone. Mary stared at him for a few moments, then tossed back the quilt and slid out of bed. She opened the door and spoke to somebody, motioning them inside. It's done, she said. He's dead. Daniel Cooper stepped into the room and Mary put her arms around him. 
I should have known, Peter thought. I should have known. You'd be, be better for sure. Better be sure, Daniel said. Mary slid in beside him and poked his arm. Peter, his name came through a fog, persistent, then clear. Peter, Peter, wake up. He yelped. Peter, what's wrong with you? Wake up. Peter opened his eyes and stared up at Mary in the pre-dawn gloom. He brushed his hand over the skin where she'd pinched him. Pushing her away, he sat up. Peter, what are you doing? So well, about his dream. Yes, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I hadn't done that before in a show. And thank you for just jumping in to read that. That was wonderful. And kind of an idea of what an audiobook might be like. You did a beautiful job reading oh, it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. And it was intriguing. That scene was very, very powerful. Well, everyone, we have reached the end of our time with Ida Lenahan Young. And I just want to thank you so much, Ida. It's always a pleasure. And oh, thank you. Seriously, thank you. You do a lot for us authors, so thank you. My pleasure. And everyone, you're interested in the books, Blanker Press, and also available at retailers, I believe. And yes, yeah. anywhere else, I've, I've, I think, think that'll help you. And Audible. <laughs> and Audible. There. All right. Well, have a great day, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. And Ida, again, thank you very much for being a guest. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.